Let's do that hockey. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the second episode of the inaugural subject of the To Be Named podcast. I'm your host, Peter Harling, and with me again is Victor Nuno. Victor, good to have you back for another episode where we continue to talk about free agents coming into the NHL out of the NCAA and and Europe. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't screw up too bad the first episode, so I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad you came back. You didn't have enough of me. All right, so it's a lot of players to cover, so let's get right into it. So this is a prospect that some of you might have have heard about, come across him. Some people have, have said after drafts, you know, the top players not selected in the entry draft. And Parker Ford made a lot of those lists for a couple of years as he was never drafted. Played in the in the NCAA and he's 22 years old now and, and Winnipeg signed him. He's always five foot nine, 181. And I first caught sight of him at the 2020 World Junior Championships playing with with USA at the World Juniors. And the very first time I saw him was live. Uh, at a World Junior Exhibition game in Oshawa, and I'd never heard of him before, uh, so I was very intrigued that there was a player on the American World Junior roster that that I didn't know who he was. So I looked into him and I watched him very close to that game, and I was like, okay, he's okay, he's all right, he's good. You know, he didn't score any points in the tournament, but you know, he's a defensive sort of player. He's got zero percent fan tracks ownership. So you're, you might have seen him at the World Juniors. He got on your, your radar. Maybe you put him on your fantasy watch list. You know, you, you keep him on your watch list because you're seeing people say, I can't believe Parker Ford wasn't drafted and, and you wanted to draft him because he's got good peripherals. But there's reasons why he wasn't drafted and there's reasons why he was signed as a free agent. So some good and some bad. Offensively, his production in four seasons at the NCAA was 94 career points and 131 games. 41 goals, 53 assists. So that's okay, but not great. Best case scenario for him, I think, is if he makes the NHL, it'll be as a fourth line energy player who can play the wing or center. So you'll get a bump in some fantasy leagues where you've got dual positional eligibility if he if he does end up bouncing between center and the wing because you get some, some added bonus with face-off wins from the wing if your league score it that way. And more value for him and banger leagues as he hits a lot, even though he's he's undersized at five nine, he's still like one point eight nine hits per game. So while he plays a physical game and he's aggressive on the forecheck, he's a very disciplined player. Doesn't take the penalties like ever. So you know if you're in a league that counts penalty minutes as a counting stat, which a lot of leagues are phasing that out, that's not that's not beneficial. But like I said, most leagues don't don't take that into consideration. So looking forward, he should either have a short AHL adjustment because, you know, he's 22 years old and he's very refined defensively and then move on to the NHL. Uh, and you could have him as a as a cheap cap roster option, possibly with dual positional eligibility, as I as I mentioned, or he could have a very limited offensive upside when he makes it, but contribute, you know, with the, the peripheral stats or he never makes it. He's just a career minor league player. So in terms of fantasy ownership, I mentioned he's a 0% fan tracks rostered. That's probably largely because he's never been drafted. So you couldn't add him. Uh, and I wouldn't add him at this point. Best case scenario, I think he's on my, my watch list. And I would only add him on my roster if I was in a very, 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 very deep dynasty league. So, you know, if this is a player you've had on your watch list, I'd check him and leave him there if I were you. So the next guy is kind of the opposite of that. I would say another 
like in the in the vein of Luke Hughes, and that's Devin Levi, seventh round pick by Florida in 2020. He fell that late because he's only six feet tall, and you know apparently uh, if you're not over six foot two, you can't play goalie in the NHL. Nobody told UC Saros that. Nobody told Devin Levi that. He went to Buffalo in the Sam Reinhardt trade, 45% rostered on fan track. So that's getting up there. Probably should be higher. He uh, was incredible at the 2020-21 World Junior Championship. He only lost one game, and that was the gold medal game to the U.S., uh, unfortunate for for him. But he had 0.75 goals against average in that tournament, in that seven-game tournament, 964 save percentage. He was He was ridiculous. And then in Northeastern, he was basically just as good. I mean, larger sample size, obviously, 32 games as a freshman, 1.4, GAA, 0.952 save percentage. And then this past season, 34 games, 2.24 GAA and 9.33 save percentage. Just ridiculous. And then, And then with Buffalo pushing for that final playoff spot in the East, they went to him. They went to him and was pretty much their best option. And he, you know, won five, lost two, wasn't enough to get them in, but he looked great in seven NHL starts. Um, just under three goals against, 905 save percentage. Buffalo is not the best defensive team. So, you know, there's a lot to be said there. Looking at his hockey prospecting profile, you know, he looks like a, about a 25% chance of being an NHL goalie. He's got some pretty decent comps, guys like Jonathan Bernier, Manny Fernandez. Looks a little bit like Martin, Martin Baron in that uh, in that model. What I really like, though, is because he had a little bit of time in the NHL, we have some evolving hockey graphs for him. And he had some of the worst expected save percentage in the league, just based on the team in front of him. And he outperformed it by the most significant margin of anyone with that sample size. So he was awesome. Seven games or six games is not enough. Seven games is not enough to anoint him the next, you know, Igor Shostakovich or anything like that. But Devin, Devin Levi is amazing. And he's championing the small goalie cause for all the, you know, six foot guys and, and under. He's probably not even six feet, actually. He had almost five goals save above expected in his in his seven game sample size. All the other goalies combined had a way worse numbers than him. So he's just a and, he, and I love like the you know the post game interviews talking about how he wants and Artemi Panarin to have that one timer in the slot to test him. Like he's just not phased by the moment. I love it's confidence. It's not cockiness. It's uh, it's I'm I'm here. I can do the job. I want to be challenged, and you love that. And you know I think for a long time Mukopekalukanen was the you know, heir apparent. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think Devin Levi has passed him. They also drafted Tapias Leninen, who is a, is a, I still think a good goalie prospect, but Devin Levi is the man. And I think coming in next year, he's, he's got to be one of the most exciting prospect goalies, maybe up there with like, uh, Lucas Dostal and, um, you know, maybe Daniel Tarasov in Columbus depends on what happens with those teams. But uh, in terms of the quality of the team in front of them, I think that Buffalo should be, you know, on the up and up could be a playoff team. So I don't think that Buffalo hands in the keys of the castle, but I think he could be in line for 30 ish starts next season on, on a pretty good team. So when he plays Buffalo is going to be good, I think. Uh, and, you know, if they bring someone else to do, you know, more starts like 50 ish, then um, I think he could eat into that because he's so good. I don't know. I'm kind of over the moon for Devin Levi. Pete, are you going to talk me down or are you just going to, you're just going to lavish him with more praise? 
Victor, I think you're underrating him. You're comparing him to Lucas Dostal. I think he's closer to someone like Jesper Wallstadt. I think he's an elite prospect goalie. I and he's got a great situation in Buffalo. I'm not as sold on Ukapeka Lukanen as a lot of people are. I think it's it's his team as soon as next season. I think he's going to be the starting goalie. He's just going to be good right out of the gate, and they're just going to keep riding the hot hand. You know, he's right up there with Dustin Wolf and Jesper Wallstadt, in my opinion. Back down to Earth players. Next guy I want to talk about is another another Leafs prospect, and that's Ryan Teverberg. Not sure I've got the pronunciation on that correct. Let's just assume I do. So this is a very under the radar prospect. He's 21 years old now. He's 6'1, 190, and the Leafs drafted him back in 2020 in the seventh round, 213th overall. They made a a late draft trade to get an additional seventh round pick that year. They had two or three and they wanted this kid. So they traded, I don't know, a six round pick the next year or something like that to get him. His fan tracks ownership is zero percent. He's not rostered uh, at all, which is weird because I have him in one of my leagues. So, so this is a super sleeper prospect that, that I've kind of been hearing some people grumbling about how he's a little bit underrated. I know Scott Wheeler is a big fan of him too. He, he dedicated a whole chapter to him in his behind the draft book. He spent three years at the University of Connecticut, 85 games played, 69 points, 33 goals. So his offensive numbers don't really pop under a point per game, but not bad. It's not really his MO though. He's not an, an elite scorer. He's a, a hardworking two-way forward. He's got decent speed. He's got decent offensive upside and, and a shot. Long-term, he projects to the NHL. He's got some translatable tools. He plays an aggressive forechecking game and is physical. He loves to hit. If you got the puck, he's going to hit you. If you're, you know, if you're, if you're anywhere near him, he's not like a, a super tough player. I, you know, he's not going to drop the gloves, but, uh, but he will bang. So he's been playing in the American Hockey League. He's developing there, but he's going to have some more, some more cook time at the American Hockey League for sure. At least one to two more years. And I'm not convinced that he ever makes it to the NHL. So this is certainly not a player that you want to put on your prospect roster, but you you might want to put him on your, uh, on your watch list. If you're in the deep leagues and if you're listening to this podcast, you're in deep leagues. So look him up. Offensive upside is, is limited, but he can be a good free agent ad in, in dynasty leagues. And you could probably find a, a leaf fan or two that'll overpay for him in a year or two. If he continues to develop in trends and if he makes the NHL, there might be some leaf fans that are hot to trot to, to get this guy and you can get some, some real value for him, you know, like a, a draft pick or, or a prospect or an NHL player, something along those lines that'll probably end up contributing more to you in the long run than, than he will. But I still like him. I like his trajectory. You know, he's, he's trending up kind of player. So he's worth uh, looking into in your fantasy league and putting him on your watch list. Yeah. I don't know how you got stuck with all these uh, meh guys, but uh, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with <laughs> yeah he's he's someone that it's uh, good cop bad cop right yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly so uncle pete says give him a try uh uncle victor here says don't bother um no i'm just kidding he uh he statistically profiled as somebody who isn't gonna isn't gonna do much but uh sometimes those guys surprise you or at least get some nhl games right so you never know. The next guy is that I'm going to talk about is Matthew Coronado, Calgary's 13th overall pick in 2021. I remember in that draft series that we were doing at Fantasy Hockey Life, we were I was definitely higher 
on him than that. He was, uh, I think it was seventh or eighth on my list. I can't remember, but uh, a bit of the reason he fell a little bit was being five foot 10. He also was on that Chicago steel team and was, uh, was pretty incredible. And I think if I remember correctly, he had just way more actual goals and expected goals. And so his shooting percentage was really high. And I think a lot of people were like, not really believing that. And, you know, some of that might be fair. He's also 5'11", so a little bit undersized. But, man, is he fast. He's a really good skater, flies around the ice. So he doesn't have some of those those limitations. 29% rostered on fan tracks, so pretty high. But, you know, just go check. He might be available depending on your league format. After being drafted out of the USHL, Chicago Steel, he's been over a point per game for his entire career at Harvard. 36 points in 34 games both seasons just convenient like that i like that i don't have to do much math 72 points in 68 games for his career at At where at where at harvard yeah (laughs) yeah where we go park the car and uh he also represented usa at the world junior championships in 2022 he had seven points in the in the five games he looked really good Looking at hockey prospecting, his his uh, PH, his NHLE has has stayed consistently pretty high in the twenty eight percent range. He also looking like a pretty surefire NHLer. The PNHLE model has him as kind of a second liner, but he's definitely the top skating prospect for the Flames, I would say. And looking at his college tracking data, his expected goals per sixty was like off the charts. His expected assist was also pretty high. His offensive metrics were not as good, but some of his like zone entries and puck retrievals are really good. So he's not like a complete black hole or anything like that defensively. And the fact that he you know can score a lot of goals, he's he he strikes me as the kind of guy that that you just love to have on your power kill. You know that could score some shorthanded goals. He's really fast. He'll make you very nervous if you're walking the blue line there on the power play. And he's coming bearing down against you. He also got a little bit of taste of Calgary Flames action. And the once they were eliminated, he got into that one game when they were done. Didn't get any points, but he looked really good. The future looks pretty bright. Him and Pelletier and uh, some of the young guys there look look strong. So Coronado, you know, he's he's someone who I think should be on the Flames next season. But, you know, it, it's taken Pelletier and some of the other guys a, a long time to, to crack that roster. So... If Daryl Sutter is there, which it doesn't seem like he will be, but if he's there, uh, you know, Coronado may not be um, on the team, but I'm hoping that he does get a shot uh, to play with some of the the good forwards that they have there. So that's what I'm hoping for. But definitely he's someone, especially if goals are valuable, like he shoots and he scores a lot. So that's someone that you should be interested in your fantasy league. I definitely have a lot of time for Matthew Coronado. What about you, Pete? Yeah, he's, uh, he's an NHL player. Don't question about that. I think it's just a question of, how soon does he get there and and how impactful will he be? The next guy on my list to talk about is Akito Hirose. And I mentioned his brother earlier on. Taro Hirose signed with the Detroit Red Wings. Akito is 24 years old, six foot 170. And he was signed by the Vancouver Canucks. Fantrax roster ship is a lowly 3%. He's a left shot D. He's coming out of the NCAA, as I mentioned, at University of Minnesota. And they've been a defensively smothering team. And he was a top player for them and a big part of that defensive style that they play. He did manage to, in his 104 career games played, manage 68 points. Only seven goals, though. 61 assists as a defenseman on a defensive team. That's, you know, that's not too bad. Statistically speaking, he does have some limited offensive upside when projecting to the NHL. 
He's played the final seven games with the Canucks to round out the season, had three assists. So, you know, that's not irrelevant. Four shots on goal, but the six hits and six blocks is more what you can expect to get from him out of a, a regular season. And he was playing over 17 minutes a game for the Canucks. So projecting him next season, I think he's got an, an opportunity to play in the NHL. I and mean, he's already 24 years old, right? So, you know, if he's in the American Hockey League for too long, he's going to age out of relevance. The Canucks roster on the blue line next year, their top three is pretty set. Hughes, Myers, Hronik. Those are the, the three players under contract that I would pencil in their top four. So barring any other offseason additions, there's plenty of opportunity for Hirose to seize one of those positions. The things that'll get him there would be that he's a he's a really good skater. He's got really good hockey sense. He's outstanding defensively. He makes nice passes too. You know, you can count on him to create the the breakout pass, move the puck up the ice. He doesn't have a very good shot, as you know, you see with seven goals in 104 games at the ACAA level. And he's not very f- physical. I mean, I mentioned he had six hits, so that's good, but you know, he just He's not a physically intimidating or aggressive player. He tries, but, you know, it is what it is. He'd be a good target in dynasty leagues for, you know, if you're looking for a cheap entry-level contract player that will play a lot, have minor eligibility. If you've got a couple of uh, D and, you know, you want to have a guy who would have minor eligibility for 60 or 80 games or so, and you can kind of bring him up when you get an injury or kind of like you could stream them in for some weeks where Vancouver has a lot of games kind of thing and then send them down when they don't, that kind of stuff could be very valuable for that. That's Akito Hirose in a nutshell. I like what he brought to the table in in the end of the season here. And I think he's got a really good chance of of making the NHL next year. So a a good add in fantasy leagues because there's only 3% ownership there. Yeah, I like that. uh, As as you mentioned, he's, he's NHL ready. So he's one of these guys that you can get Get on your team, at least uh, get some peripheral stats, flex them up and down uh, from your minors if that's something that you can do. But don't expect like a ton of offensive upside or anything like that. But he's uh, he's going to he's going to play probably. Next guy I'm not so sure about Ryan McAllister is the next guy I'm going to talk about. So he's a five foot ten center, not drafted, 21 years old, signed by the Florida Panthers, just two percent roster on fan tracks. He Won an AJHL championship. That's cool for the Brooks Bandits. So he went and played this past season at Western Michigan University Broncos this past season, where he was the leading scorer. He was incredible this season and had 49 total points in 39 games played. That was pretty great. He, since the conclusion of the NCAA season, has joined the Charlotte Checkers of the AHL and has had five points in four games. So that's a pretty great pro debut for him. And even though he's a little bit undersized, he doesn't really play is small for his stature and despite his strong offense and willing to compete in the dirty areas he doesn't have much attention to the defensive side of his game and this could really limit his upside because he just seems to be really disinterested when the puck's uh, away you know going towards his own net so that's going to be a big problem he needs to kind of figure that part out statistically if you look at Ryan McAllister although he had an really great NCAA season this past season. He doesn't really have the profile of an NHLer. There aren't really many guys that look good with his same equivalency. There are a couple, Brian Smolinski, Tuomo Rutu, who were sort of average producers. So maybe Ryan McAllister can turn into that. That would be pretty cool. A lot of his uh, his tracking data just shows his really poor defensive moves. And basically his production boils down to really strong primary assists per 60. The goals for 60 and secondary assist isn't great. 
even the individual expected goals is not great. But the slot passes per 60 really indicate that he's got some good creativity in getting the puck to the areas where you can score. So I like that. His paint HLE suggests, just based on his Western Michigan season, that he might be a first liner. But again, I'm pretty skeptical of that. So again, though, you're talking about in Ryan McAllister, a guy who's pretty much ready to step into the league if the team if Florida wants to give him an opportunity, but certainly could be a professional next season. And the wait time is minimal. So that part I really like. You should know one way or another with Ryan McAllister. Any thoughts on him, Pete? Well, I think I like him more than his teammates' potential for being a fantasy player in the NHL. And that's Jason Poland. They they played together at uh, Western Michigan U. He's 23 years old, six foot, 198. He was signed by Colorado. So uh, McAllister signed by Florida, right? And uh, Poland signed by Colorado. So a lot of opportunity there is both those prospect pools are on the, I would say, weak to direly poor side. 132 games played, 96 points. Big breakout senior year. Bit of a Cy Young player there where 60 goals and 36 assists. So he's a big shooter, not much of a passer. He, his, his point total in his senior year, really exploded. Like I said, he had 0.67 points per game as a junior and like doubled that to 1.21 the season that just ended in his, his senior year. He's got good size, good hockey sense and compete. He wins puck battles. The big question with him, I think is, is his skating and his playmaking abilities. Those are some pretty significant hurdles to climb in order to make it to the NHL. Colorado signed Ben Myers as a free agent last year. That hasn't worked out. And Ben Myers was the consensus like top NCAA free agent prospect last year. So, you know, Jason Poland is a bit of a long shot there. 1% fan tracks rostered. I wouldn't expect that number to, to, to climb too much. He's probably going to play in the American Hockey League with the Colorado farm team next year. And, you know, if he has a, a dynamite rookie season as a 24-year-old AHL rookie, uh, he might get uh, a recall to the NHL and get a quick shot. But, you know, a cup of coffee is probably what he's looking at is his career highlight in the NHL. More than I can say for myself. So that's pretty cool for him. But yeah, he I'm not super optimistic either. The next guy I want to talk about, another goalie, Yaniv Peretz, 23-year-old, undrafted, six foot one goalie. Often those guys at that height are not. Signed by Carolina Hurricanes, uh, only 3% roster on Fantrack, so definitely available. Peretz was the goalie for Quinnipiac the last couple of seasons. He had some pretty incredible numbers. He also, it's interesting, he played at the National Collegiate Development Conference in the U.S. and the BSH, BCHL before that, before landing at Quinnipiac. So he definitely kind of paid his dues, I guess you would say. But uh, if you look at his numbers, he's been great everywhere he's gone. He just maybe doesn't have the... The stellar track record that some has. I mentioned his years at Quinnipiac, 1.17 GAA in his first 31 games, and then 1.49 in, in, as a sophomore. And of course, this season winning the national championship. I didn't get to watch all the games, but when I did watch, he was he was great, really calm in position. You know, definitely didn't give up the soft goals. Didn't uh, wasn't wasn't really the reason they won. I would say the, he had a really strong team in front of him, but he didn't cost the team either. Really, really strong. And his past two seasons, he had better expected goal ratios. So he definitely is kind of you know doing better than expected, which is nice. I think Yanov Peretz is is pretty worth rostering. If you look at the the team page for the Carolina Hurricanes, you know they 
famously didn't sign Nadelkovich, and they don't really have a ton beyond, of course, the young stud Peter Kachekov. So it's going to be hard to unseat him. He just looks like a future star. Um, but they have some other guys like Nikita Quap and Jack Lafontaine. So there's some other guys there, but Peretz looks like he's someone who could, uh, you know, be pretty close to being NHL rally ready, being 23 years old and having played and won a national championship and the NCAA. So he's definitely someone who should probably be on your radar. Although I wouldn't have like super high hopes for him just because he's a little bit undersized. Any interest for Peretz? You know, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Dryden McKay, who had great stats in in college playing on a very good defensive team. And like I mentioned, Quinnipiac is a good defensive team. They're a veteran roster. You know, you just watch them in, in the Frozen Four and their structure of their game was just outstanding, right? Like they just stifled the other team. They just didn't give them any time or space, which made his work, I think, pretty easy. He made the saves when he needed to, but... You know, he wasn't, I don't know how how tested. I didn't watch enough games to say if he was like super tested a lot. Kind of so similar to Dryden McKay there. So the next player is another free agent defenseman signed by the Vancouver Canucks. Cole McWard, 21-year-old, 6'1", 192, shoots right. 0% rostered on fan tracks. So they they signed McWard and Hirose. So he's not as polished as Hirose is. However, he does have more offensive upside. He's not as projectable defensively as Herosi is. He's played the final five NHL games with the Canucks too. So he finished the season in the NHL. He scored a goal, had six shots on goal, five hits, six blocks, playing about 14 minutes. So he got less ice time than Herosi did. But I think overall, he, he had more more bang for his buck in terms of time on ice. I would count on one to two years of AHL development for him. He's still only 21 years old. And so this is a player who I think I'd be I'd be pretty interested in six shots on in five games and five hits and six blocks. That's a pretty nice little balance of stats there. I, I'm not sure how long I'd, I'd want to wait on him. You know, if he takes two years in the American Hockey League to develop, that's not too bad. But he is 21 years old. Yeah, I've certainly got some interest there. I'm not going to you know draft him in a first or a second round pick and. 24 team league that has a draft, including NHL entry draft and, and players on this list or free agents and whatnot. He'd certainly be on my, on my draft list. And, you know, I didn't have enough picks to get him. Then he'd, he'd go on my watch list for the season. I, I, I'm going to keep tabs on him and see how he's doing. And I guess Abbotsford is, is the Canucks affiliate these days uh, and see how he does there. But I'm, I'm intrigued and I, I want to see more before I invest in fantasy stock. Yeah, definitely has some has some value there. Certainly all the things you mentioned, I don't really have a whole lot to say aside from that other than he's pretty, yeah, he's pretty close. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for the second episode where we talked all the college free agent signings. Hopefully you got some really good insights in terms of all the players that you want to be looking for, maybe trading for, and even some that, uh, you know, maybe aren't as exciting, but you want to keep them on your watch list, see how they kind of play out. That's what's always helpful. As we talked about in the in the first episode and before, we are interested in hearing your thoughts on who, what you want us to cover. Any, if there's any kind of topics, uh, if you have some ideas for the for the show title, let us know. Let us know. You can hit us up at on Twitter. Pete is at Farling. P H A R L. I-N-G. And I'm at Victor Nuno 12, V-I-C-T-O-R-N-U-N-O-1-2. And our producer, 
Evan is at Sabarin91, S-A-B-O-U-R-I-N, 91, like Fedorov. So that'll be it for this episode. We'll definitely be back in your feed very soon and uh, definitely keep uh, keep listening. One more Neutrogena tantrum out of you and you're getting the gate, bud. Try me. Let's do that hockey. Yeah.